Hey, y'all. It's another episode of Pretty Political. Here at the show, we know that everything is political. We're breaking down topics like feminism, entrepreneurship and wellness, and even the latest in reality TV. All through the lens of two Black women in their 20s just figuring out life. So we're keeping it pretty. Each week, we're chatting with an industry expert as they tackle interesting topics. Let's get into it. Chanel, it's so good to see you. It has been a whole calendar year. It has. Life comes at you quick, though, right? And so we had some little setbacks, a little, <laughs> little threat in there, too. But, <laughs> but oh gosh. we're back and better. Girl, I, okay, the podcast is obviously my baby, and I would be so embarrassed when people be like oh where's your podcast where are you coming back where's girl we just I feel like it'd be different if we came back like oh Kelsey had a child Chanel moved to Spain like some really big life milestones but it was just just life lifing you know girl don't be putting no baby on me right now but (laughs) I totally get what you mean but like also, I just want to acknowledge that the podcast, like, we kind of, like, just sat on it for a minute, and it skyrocketed all on its own. Like, it always surprised me that, like, you know, even without us promoting it, people continue to listen, people continue to stream, but then the Women's History Month, it just, like, shot through the roof. And I'm like, what is going on? And But Apple had featured us on their, like, browse tab. That was amazing. I thought I literally was getting, we were both getting notifications like you had 500 listens last week. I'm like, last week we ain't done nothing. I'm thinking it's like some type of spy, bot, something weird. But no, we were listed on Apple's tab. I think we shot up just in the course of like a couple of weeks, we shot up by like thousands of listeners. Like We did. We did. And And it's still going up, but it was for one of our favorite episodes, the one that we did with Mickey Kendall. That's the one that Apple Podcasts featured. And I love that episode. So I'm really happy that it got placed out there. And hopefully if anybody listened to us from the browse tab and you're coming back for more, we really hope that you enjoyed that episode and come on this journey with us. Girl, and I don't know if you saw like the overall reach, but like we've been in over 300 cities. 28 countries and like all the continents like girl we international (laughs) so we got the opportunity to sit down with destiny from love and marriage huntsville and she talked about her time on reality tv but also her business endeavors what i you know i love reality tv what i find interesting is that she had to go through a lot of very personal struggles on television. And one of the things that like sometimes the fans would criticize her about, like this was talked about in the last reunion that she wasn't transparent enough or she didn't share enough of her life. But I think she shared a lot. She had a baby. She got divorced. She talked about her financial struggles all on television. That's hard. Let me tell you, it couldn't have been me. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think I could actually be on reality TV. And I mean, it sounds like it would be fun and like, you know, you you would get popular, like, you know, bring awareness to yourself, maybe your brand. But it's like also like such an invasion of my privacy, I feel like, to have cameras in my face at like these crazy moments in my life. I think the advent of social media and how just 
all encompassing it is makes it like 10 times worse. I love reality TV. I've been watching like Bravo on all that stuff for years. And like, sometimes the social media makes the reality TV experience 10 times worse because you have some cast members who like to play to what the social media opinions are. So they try to be stay in the good graces. But then you have other people who just don't care, but then they get grilled on social media. I always wonder what I would be perceived as if I was on reality TV, like how I would be perceived. And would I be okay with that? I don't think I would be okay with that. Like a bunch of people just dragging. Would you be okay with that? No. And and the thing is like, people are only seeing like one part of you, like, you know, what the cameras like decide to show what those producers show and like you in these split moments, but they're like judging your whole character around it, you know? And so I think that would be so tough for me. But I enjoy watching it. I love to watch it. And I'd be on social media too. I try not to be mean and nasty, but I will be liking the comments. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, getting off of reality TV, Destiny also has like a lot going on. And I love that she is so multifaceted. Music, business, motherhood, all of that. That's a... That's a lot. No, and I, I like personally, I aspire to kind of have like a balance of all these things that I'm like passionate about or just be able to like explore my interests at all stages of my life. And she's done that. She started off in the corporate world and made her pivot. And, and now we know her from the show. I think that is the true salt of life when you're able to explore your passions, like you were saying, no matter how big or small they are or how big or small you explore them, whether you want to be like Destiny and open an actual business and release music, or you just want to like go and play kickball in the park. Okay. I don't know about kickball, but why not? if it brings you joy and okay. makes you feel childlike, that's what I'm okay. That's a whole different topic, but yeah. You know what that is, but, you know, kickball probably wouldn't be the thing that brings me joy. Um, it actually brings up some very bad childhood memories <laughs> in my case. Okay, I'm but, sorry. But, uh, yeah, let's get into the show. So we are here today with Miss Destiny Payton. You all may see her every week on OWN on Love and Marriage Huntsville. And she also has a beauty supply. She's the first African-American own beauty supply in Huntsville, Alabama called Madani. And we are so excited to have her here with us today. Destiny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I found out that Madani Beauty is the first African-American owned beauty supply store in Salon Suites in Alabama. Oh, wow. Oh, the whole state. Nobody's ever done the concept of Salon Suites inside of, in addition to the beauty supply store. Wow. That's awesome. That is yeah. And I appreciate it as someone who is in a beauty supply every other day, um, just having a owner of actually, you know, who of, that can actually use the products and like, know how to use the products and what it does to our hair and all that stuff. Can, like, <laughs> can you franchise and expand to Michigan? We need that up right. here. Listen, well, first and foremost, Madani is, um, we're going to be doing a beauty tour and Madani, the goal of the beauty tour is to assist and aid people that want to get into the beauty industry. And the option is to have uh, a consultation with me and move forward with uh, franchising the Madani brand if they want to own their own beauty supply store. I love that. I love that. So can you talk about maybe some of the unique challenges that Black business owners face in the beauty supply industry? Because it's an industry that we pour greatly into, but we're always not represented on the ownership side. Billions of dollars a year. Billions, billions and billions. 
I don't know if we have time for all of the things, you know, but um, I would start by saying initially, especially when I first started in the beauty industry over seven years ago, it was getting product um, because a lot of times beauty supply stores that are Korean or Asian owned, they have monopolies on certain products or certain hair, hair um, vendors and they won't sell to you in a certain mile radius. So it forces you to go and buy it from them because we can't house it. So a lot of times you you come to to the um you know the roadblock of getting all of the inventory and products in your store. So people are like, we don't have anything. I'm like, well, keep buying so we can get the dollars up so that we can go to them with the green because because eventually green speaks louder than anything else. So that would be the first thing. Also, people coming into an industry and a lot of times working for a black owner in a beauty supply store, I don't think a lot of employees treat the business as they would another employer. So I made a comment about, you know, people that are business owners understand, um, you know, what it is with staffing. And then with uh, Corona hitting and all that, it was even harder because people were getting funds from various places. So just to have somebody consistent and understand the vision or just work as hard as they would work for someone else um, in another corporate job or even working for because uh, a lot of beauty supply stores that are not black owned they hire black salesmen sales ladies girls and it looks black when you walk in sometimes but you know when it's an issue the owner is black and um getting those girls to come to a black owned store or to just change the I would say the mindset and the programming that has happened because People and I've had to even customers pull up and say, oh, I was I pulled into such and such store and I thought about you as I was pulling out last week and I just had to come see you today. So those are dollars lost in the black community store, um, the black owned store, because they don't think of us first. They're just so used to going to somebody else. So those are a couple of things. Oh, that was a lot. So <laughs> Listen, I'm living it as I'm saying it. <laughs> wow. I don't even think about all those things when it comes to like buying my hair care products, but I, I definitely want to be more intentional about like how I'm investing my money in in the actual Black community um, and circulating that within our community. So thank you for all you're doing. And I hope folks can invest in your business and learn more about this franchise opportunity as well. But do you have any like general advice for women who are entrepreneurs in any industry? Um, the first thing I would say is remember God's promise. And as, even when you go to the trenches that are called the peaks and the valleys, when you're in the valley, understand and know that that's the shape and mold you for the next step. And also um, working capital. Working capital is very important because you want to be able to continue to pour back into your business and marketing and products and payroll. So those things are important for entrepreneurs. If you're doing a brick and mortar or you, you know, need assistance, you know, sometimes people start online businesses and those are really lucrative. But if you have a brick and mortar, those type of structures and capital is important. Yes. And you are doing a phenomenal job. And what I love is that this is like one of the smartest things when people get on reality shows, it reminds me of like Candy and like Dr. Heavenly on Bravo shows. 
when you get on the reality shows and you're able to capitalize because you're in front of a big audience, I feel like that's so smart. Everybody, all the girls on reality shows should be doing that because it's so smart. So can you tell us, did joining a reality show turn out to be what you expected? Um, no. <laughs> well, I don't know if I really had an expectation um, of joining a reality show because I've been singing and acting since I was a little girl. Well, singing since I was a little girl, acting. Um, came to me by chance. I went to performing arts college in Los Angeles and they pushed me into acting because they felt like I had something. Um, I guess a little spark when I did a monologue. And, you know, being a, a, a person that studied lesbianism, it's like, oh, I don't want to do a reality show. Like, I want to stay far away from reality shows. I want to, you know, do TV. I want to do movies. And so as reality, as I, you know, matriculated through school, got my degree and reality shows just kind of took over the world. It was like, yeah, look at it a little bit different. Um, so my, my thought process in, in coming into a reality show wasn't, or, or my expectation for coming into a reality show is that I really did set a real expectation. I just knew that I wanted to um, build and expand my brand. That was where my thought process was and show a positive, as, as positive and as real as it can be uh, a marriage. And you know, that didn't really turn out that way. But uh, <laughs> as we have moved on in life, um, my expectation is a lot different now that I know more about it. You're one of my favorites on the show or my favorite on the show. And I was like, I don't know if I could be on reality TV and like handle some of these situations and see it play out. Um, but you really have been so transparent. So you know, do you a word for the for the cast? <laughs> transparent. <laughs> Listen, be transparent one more time. <laughs> But, I, but, I, but I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to trigger you, but no, do you I, think sharing has helped others um, kind of get through their situations by seeing your um, your situation like play out in front of the world? I hope so. I hope so. Um, one of the things I used to, especially when I was in a corporate world and I was, you know, you know, long, hard days of managing and, you know, being at the executive level, my uh, guilty pleasure was reality TV. So I would come home and I would call it my smart TV. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but I would call it that. And my friends used to be like, "Why are you watching that? Like you, you know, you read metaph metaphysics and and you're watching that." And I'm like, "Yeah, if you really watch it and watch people, if they are being authentic, you can learn so much." It was kind of like my therapy a little bit with the you know the drama too, and then watching the fashion. But um, I I hoped that people would get what I got out of some of those moments in the shows that I was watching because it's not all drama it's not all bad like Marcel made a great uh, you know example of people were saying oh this show is drama and he said yeah but we're you know once we turn the cameras off we're really working we really we really are business owners we really have things going on and it's not just we're doing reality tv so that's one of the things I really love about love and marriage I completely agree. I am like, I love reality TV as well. It is my guilty pleasure too. I don't care what anybody thinks about that. <laughs> it's relaxing and it's just like, you just get to escape a little bit. So I agree. And something that I do love about your show, it seems like all the friendships are actually authentic and other shows you can kind of tell when they just lumped a group of people together and they had no real connection. So I think mm -hmm. that's something that's really special about your show, but something I've always- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so something I've always wondered is, 
is being on reality TV, does it affect your friendships, both like on camera and, you know, your personal friendships and relationships that are aside from the show? Um, I can say from my experience, um, and no one else's, but yes, absolutely. Um, definitely. Unfortunately. I, <laughs> I, I can imagine um, there being just so many different uh, implications from like, you know, you being in the public spotlight overnight and having really this platform and how that affects people, like you said, on and off the camera. But I also want to pivot the conversation a little bit. So we talked about your business. We talked about the reality show. And I know you also have a music career. So you're just very multifaceted in all these different arenas in life. So can you share a little bit more about what you are doing there? With music? Yeah. So I actually um, started singing as a little girl. And it it was always my my dream. It's funny. I I had a... um, in February, I was honored with Trailblazers, uh, Women Trailblazers in Huntsville. And my dad, they interviewed my father for the news here. And his dad, he said, when she came to me and said she wanted to um, open a beauty supply store, I was shocked because I knew she always wanted to sing. So it was like, you know, that was always in me. And I was always pursuing it in some form or fashion, be it auditioning for American Idol or X Factor or um, uh, what's that? The Voice. Um, and then I did some other TV uh, before the fame was a reality pilot that I did. And I, and I um, placed second to a guy that was like a baby usher. Um, <laughs> and but those things, like I've always had my hands in music. I worked at Dark Dallas Austin's recording studio. I was an intern while I was at Clark. I'm also HBCU. I was at Clark Atlanta University and I was an intern there. So I watched the whole process of recording and, you know, seeing artists like Boots Collins and TLC come in the studio and, and um, Sierra being developed and Lloyd and, I mean, rappers, Young Jeezy, like it was just, I saw so much. And so, um, and the, the, the show doesn't show that side of me. So people don't know that about me. It's, I've always been in that world, be it writing or whatever it was. And when I moved to Los Angeles, it was to go full throttle into acting and music. And I ended up acting more than I did sing. I was in a, a band and we performed at like the Key Club, um, Mai Tai Bar, Hard Rock Cafe. Um, but I did more acting. And so when I came back to from L.A. to Atlanta, um, I still was dibbling, dabbling in the studio. But when I got it into my corporate job, it was kind of like almost virtually impossible because I was given so much of my time to being the first ever African-American manager for this business that had been around for 55 years. So Tennessee, they never had a female African-American manager or in an executive position ever. So after my first two years with this company in sales, I was promoted to management. And so actually it was a year and a half. And so it was great money. And it was, it was also so much levels of learning um, and teaching others because it was more about more than just the sale. It was just the whole aspect of mindset because in sales and high level sales, mindset is everything, anything in life, mindset is everything. Um, So with that being said, it took so much out of me. And then I was in a relationship that was long distance. So I really didn't have the energy, the heart to even get into music at that time. Um, 
And so I, I fit and I, I used to say my heart song is gone. I don't have the heart. Like I would sit and listen to music and, you know, maybe sing along, maybe start writing something, but it just wasn't there. Like it left. Um, and I don't know if it was because of the, the stress of my job, the stress of my relationship, but it just wasn't in my heart. I did do a commercial, you know, Captain D's commercial. That was pretty good. Um, and so now that, you know, after my divorce and I had my son, well, I had my son and got divorced. I would sing to him all the time. And, you know, as a mom, I realized you just make up goofy songs. You just make up songs. And he started singing back and on key, like, yeah, he gets on my keyboard now every day, at least once or twice a day and plays and hums along with it. So he inspired me to start back singing. My, he gave me my heart song back. And I'm about to cry. And so after that, it was just like, you know, I started writing poems about what I was dealing with going through my divorce and being a new mom and giving up that career to move to Huntsville, start a business and end up getting hit with a pandemic three, three weeks after opening my business doors. And I'm four or five months pregnant at this time, building a house, didn't get a chance to move into my house when we were supposed to stay in the hotel for four months while I was pregnant, moved into my home and had my baby shower and then ended up going into labor. We were in our house for three weeks before I had my son. And then three weeks after having my son, I was faced with divorce. So it was just a whirlwind of life. And so once I finally felt like I got my mind back a little bit, you know, dealing with the hormones and just everything else that should have took me out. Okay. Um, I just wanted to sing again. Like it just came back to me. Like my first, one of my first loves. Um, so yeah, that was a long answer. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was so beautiful. There's so many directions we can go from here, but um, first of all, you're you're obviously that Trailblazer Award is well deserved because you're you're breaking records left and right. Um, but I feel like this is the stuff that the show. I mean, it's a show, so it's only going to be what 44 minutes. You're only going to get so much. But they didn't. They, we don't see all of that, you know. So what do you say to women who might be in a similar position where you know their initial plan is is not going the way it's supposed to, and they have to learn how to pivot? Or what what's your advice for them? Um, who Lord, but God, because I don't even know what else to say. Um, after I remember just saying, God, like how many more storms? Like I, when is it over? You know, when is it over? And I remember walking into my backyard and it just seems like this is so cliche, but I walked into my backyard and I could see a rainbow from start to finish. Like I've never seen that in my life. Like I could see where it stopped and where, where it started and where it ended. And I'm just, I have a video, I need to post it. And I'm just in awe and I'm like, okay, that's my sign. Like, keep going, keep going. Um, and someone said to me, why do you always hashtag, but God? And I said, when you look in, in the Bible, but, but is the, the revelation that God is still there. God is still with you. So uh, I was blind, but now I see. Um, so just just know that God is there and whenever you have a hard time and you can't conceptualize everything that you're going through the pain the struggles just wanting to just feel peace just tell yourself but God because that little simple thing got me through so much because trying to make it make sense I would have been cuckoo <laughs> yeah but God man 
Destiny has me over here getting teary-eyed myself. I know, too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure people will get great inspiration from this and really see themselves coming out of their storms on the other side of the rainbow. So we love you for joining us. Uh, thank y'all for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to rate us, share it with a friend, and follow us on social media. This has been Pretty Political.